0: What's up and welcome back to another episode of Not A Normal Football Podcast. My name is Alex Dwyer and with me as always is my good buddy Russell Zellman. It's been a little while but the boys are back. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, It's been a a little bit of a... We missed the entire playoffs but we are here before the Super Bowl. It is Pro Bowl week. Which isn't even as fun as I thought it was going to be originally, um, yeah. when I've said it. so that's even more sad that the Pro Bowl's worse than I already thought it was, but um, we've got a whole mess of things to talk about. Without further ado, how are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing really well, Alex. We are back. We are going to be better than ever. Um, it's
0: been better a bit, Alex
1: said it best, but we're back on the grind, we're back on the horse. Took a little break, but... We're back now. We're going to talk about the wildcard games, the divisional round games, the championship games, give a little Super Bowl outlook here, coming up with the awesome game of the Chiefs versus the Bucks. going to be a big one. We're going to talk about the coaching carousel that's been happening around the NFL from 2020 into 2021 with these with this season coming to a close. And then finally, we're going to talk about uh, what it's like to be a Bears and Titans fan right now, because right now it's not there's not a lot of hope in the Titans fan base, especially today. I'm going to be calling it Black Friday, um, but it's not been great. Today has been a little rough, but we prevail nonetheless. So we're going to get going, hop right in here with Wild Card Weekend. We got six games to discuss. We're not going to get too in-depth with any of them other than the Titans and the Bears game. We're going to see what we remember from these games. This happened a while ago. We're going to do our best here, but we're going to start off hot with the Colts and Bills game. This was a game that the Bills were obviously favored going into it. It was expected um, the Bills would win, and they did win 27-24. I was expecting a little bit um, more of a blowout. It seemed it, they were kind of doing that in the first half a bit. It, it was it was close, but it felt a lot further away than it was. And then the Colts kind of almost came back in that last quarter. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a decent day, and this is Phillip Rivers' final game as an nfl player he retired from the nfl after this game what do you have to say about that alex well
0: i mean bittersweet um just uh philip rivers played his heart out he played a pretty good game of football for his last game all things considered um you know it, it wasn't uh probably how he envisioned going out but i mean he did make the playoffs he did uh uh put together a decent uh you know, line in this game. And it's just, um, it's the end of an era. Uh, a, a lot of these quarterbacks that we've seen growing up, uh, at least for me, especially, um, are just, that's, this is the end of the road. And, you know, for Phillip Rivers ending on a 58% completion, 309 yards, two touchdowns with a QBR of 99.7. Uh, that's pretty spectacular to end your career on and, I uh, probably would have liked to end it off, um, you know, with a win, uh, in some regards, but finishing 11 and five, with the Colts, um, and not throwing a pick in your last game. A lot of legends, you know, you see their last throw, uh, was an interception and, uh, Phil Rivers doesn't have that. His last drive was, uh, a really solid drive, um, to close out his NFL career and, uh, wish him the best. Uh, going forward but it is definitely sad to see one of the greats a a hall of famer uh you know right off into the sunset but this game was fun this game was a lot of fun to watch um i mean we will talk more about mr josh allen one of the rising stars of the nfl um later on here but uh the bills deserve to win this game it was a really just quality game to watch and But it wasn't my favorite game of Wild Card Weekend, which, I mean, I feel like Wild Card Weekend was overall just pretty spectacular across the board. Um, But the best game here, and we'll stick it around in the AFC and then move over to the NFC. But uh, we've got the Browns and Steelers uh, was just a massacre uh, across (laughs) the board um you know i was i was pretty upset with the bears game but i was watching the browns after that i was watching every single game that weekend and i mean the browns came out and we're up it was the 28 to 7 is that where uh, it started 28 yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, i mean crazy um against the pittsburgh steelers who started off the season 11-0 and um (laughs) You know, this very well could have been Ben Roethlisberger's last game in the NFL as well. He did say recently that he uh, wants to come back if the Steelers and him can come up with some kind of terms. Um, that was reported from The Athletic earlier this week. I believe it was yesterday when that news came out. But 48-37, uh, to 37, Baker Mayfield in this electric Browns running game just decimated the Pittsburgh Steelers um, and knocked out the number three seed. Yeah, this is a big,
1: exciting game. If you know what was going on in that Browns locker room, um, it's it's all the more impressive, you know, with with head coach, rookie head coach, and probable coach of the year this year, Kevin Stefanski coming out here and having COVID. So he actually did not come out anywhere. He was at home watching the Browns game. Um, and then uh, a lot of other high-ranking staff members also had COVID. They were they could not come out and play, or they could not come out and coach. So. They were sitting at home watching this game unfold, and all of these interim random people were head coaching this game, and it just, they blew the top off of Big Brother. You know, the Steelers, who had been the perennial, them and the Ravens were just always been so good in that AFC North for such a long time, and the Browns have been a laughingstock in the league for such a long time. The Browns came out here and absolutely demolished them to the tune of 48 to 37. You really love to see it. Baker Mayfield establishing himself as a franchise quarterback, I can say that with Complete and utter honesty. Kevin Stefanski's scheme is a big part of that. But yeah. regardless, Baker Mayfield is certainly a franchise quarterback. And that's really exciting to see. I remember when, when Alex and I watched draft night, we were like, it's got to be Darnold. It's got to be Darnold. And then Baker Mayfield went number one, and we were awestruck. Went but now, yeah, it went wrong. Yeah, it's it's working out. It's, it's looking like he's, I mean, sure, they should have taken Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that argument can be had. But sure. Baker Mayfield is still looking like a good quarterback. So... It's it's it is what it is there. And like you said, Ben Roethlisberger probably will not be retiring, but they do now have Dwayne Haskins waiting in the wings. That was a little drama that happened at the tail end of the season. He got released by the Washington football team after a slew of uh, disrespectful and irresponsible decisions on his part, going to um, a strip club in Seattle and some other things among that. But yes, he did get released from the Washington football team. The Steelers have brought him in, though, to be in that quarterback room. Maybe Tomlin thinks he can kind of get that kind of rogue, irresponsible kid nature out of him. We'll see. It might happen. It might not. But that's the Browns and Steelers game. And now we're going to hop on over to a game that was very sad for me as a Titans fan. And this is the Ravens-Titans game. Um it started off really well. It started off great. Uh, Titans came off swinging to a tune of a 10-0 lead in the first quarter. It looked like it was going to be a route, much like the Ravens game against the Titans last year, and they were the number one seed. They went 14 and two. All of these things. They were they were the best team in the NFL. Lamar Jackson won the MVP, and we destroyed them. But then this happens. You know, we beat them in the we beat them in the regular season in overtime, but it was a good overtime. You know, they they got the ball first, and they our defense stood up for one time. And then uh, we got off, and Derrick Henry ran us in for the winnings touchdown. But then this game didn't necessarily go like that. Ten and zero, and then they tied it up at the half. And then at the end of the game, they ended up winning twenty to thirteen. Our red hot offense, um, piloted by Arthur Smith, the now head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, just did not. It didn't. It didn't do what it should yep. have done. It, they had. They had a chance right there at the end of that fourth quarter. Um, Ryan Tannehill was. For Corey Davis got injured and he was not playing in the rest of the game. I have a feeling that's going to be his last game as a Titan, which is very sad for me. I love Corey Davis, yeah. but um, there's there was a play where Tenhill um, he, he was basically there's just one read to it and he he keyed in on it and Botched he threw it. the ball to, to Khalif Raymond who immediately dropped it. It, it, it he fell down he he fell yeah. down after like no resistance and it got intercepted. Uh, on that play by, I think, Marcus Peters, which is really sad, especially because on the other side, on the left sideline, A.J. Brown has beaten his guy, and he was, he was and Ryan Tannehill would have connected with him, and he would have had a touchdown. He had, he had beaten his guy for a 75-yard touchdown. That, that just occurred. But he didn't throw it there. He predetermined his read, which is something that happens a lot in this offense, so I can't blame Tannehill too much for that. But it happened nonetheless, and it's very sad to see our season end like that. You know, there's a lot of good things that happened this season, but overall, it, it, this season's a big letdown. But that's that's neither here nor there for now, but that is the Titans-Ravens game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was disappointing to watch. Um, you know, one of the high-flying offenses of the NFL uh, in the biggest game of the season thus far for them, just only 13 points. in the. Um, I mean, the, the flaw that we knew... Was the defense specifically that running defense? Yeah. Uh, and Lamar Jackson put up almost as many rushing yards as he did passing. He did have a bad passing game, um, but 136 yards on the ground for Lamar Jackson.
1: Um, yeah that 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 second good. that that second uh, quarter touchdown where he broke off for like a 50 yard touchdown that was yeah. that was really deflating. I think that really deflated our entire team.
0: Correct. Um. Yeah, but. It's, you know, um, I don't really have anything else to say that you didn't. It's sad. Uh, I don't think the Ravens were the better team, uh, truthfully. And we will get to that the following week here in divisional rounds. But we're going to move over to the NFC. We'll start off with the Rams and Seahawks. Kind of how I expected this to go, truthfully. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. not been high on the Seahawks whatsoever since around week eight. Uh, Russell Wilson was on a mission to win MVP and <laughs> then all hell broke loose and everything fell apart. Yeah, um,
1: Russ, Russ Se- stopped cooking. <laughs>
0: Russ did not cook anymore. Um, the Seahawks finished 12-4, and but they certainly were not a 12-4 and football team. Um, they... Lost 30-20 to to L.A. Behind the arm of John Wolford for six attempts until he got injured. And Jared Goff had to come back in from the grave. But Jared Goff played okay enough to get them through. Uh, Nine completions, 19 attempts, 155 yards, and one touchdown with a broken, what is it, thumb? Broke yeah. his freaking thumb and he Wild. played throughout these playoffs.
1: Stowing thumb,
0: yeah. Gosh. I mean, Jared Goff showed he's a tough ass motherfucker. What um, a savage! And with the help of twenty-eight carries for Cam Akers, though, was the big thing. Twenty-eight carries, one hundred thirty-one yards, and a touchdown for him. And Cam still-
1: Akers coming out party, yay! It's so awesome to see him
0: be so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happened finally, right? And, right. uh You know. I mean, he's been, you know, buried in a really good running back by committee, albeit with Malcolm Brown and Darnell Henderson, or Daryl Henderson, mm-hmm. uh, and Cam Akers. I mean, those are three really good, that's a good stable running backs. And, you know, Cam's always been supposed to be that number one, that heir apparent to Todd Gurley, but it never happened. And it did happen in the biggest game for them in that season. Um, kind of expected, um, the defense is great and they definitely shut down, uh, Russ um, when they needed to the most. I mean, 174 yards for Russ. He wasn't cooking. So uh, we're going to move over then to the Buccaneers and the Washington football team in a surprising shootout.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This was um, uh, piloted here by Taylor uh, Heineke. Um, He's kind of a savage for this game. He played... He played well. He played well. I he mean, did he's, he's, well. I, he's a backup. I don't think he deserves consideration to become a starter. But he played very well. I was very impressed by him. Someone who was a backup in the in the XFL. He wasn't a starter in the XFL. He was a backup in the XFL. And yeah. now he's going against Tom Brady in the playoffs, um, who's now on his way to possibly his seventh ring. And this dude held his own. He held his own. He did a good job for what he could. Um, he loved Cam Sims, you know, that, that practice squad connection. I get it. And then uh, Terry McLaurin had a decent day. But overall, the Bucks prevailed. The better team won, as they yep. probably should have. Uh, Tom Brady was he, he was all right. He missed on a lot of passes. Um, Leonard Fournette he's had a really good off, a really good playoff push. Here he's been good in almost every game. He's played playoff Lenny, as Twitter likes to dub him now. Yeah. Um, but it, it it was a good game. It was a good game. Um, I loved. I just love seeing Taylor Heineke just go out there and be a baller, dude. That was that was just that was just a really really exciting thing so um but the, other than that i mean the bucks did what they should have done they didn't lose to an inferior team uh seven and nine playoff team they won so they took care of business and that was that
0: yeah i mean uh it's tom brady you're never gonna uh, even when things looked like they could get a little hairy there in the third quarter you know washington was scoring uh, the buccaneers were shut out in the third quarter um You never really had a sense that Tom Brady was going to lose this game. It's Tom Brady, and that's when he's the best is when, uh, A, in the playoffs, and, B, when you have this kind of sense of, oh, is someone going to, you know, beat Tom Brady, and they don't. So, um, yeah, the highlight of the Buccaneers was stopping Antonio Gibson. They really, uh, you know, to the tune of 14 carries for 31 yards. Uh, Antonio Gibson's had a spectacular season. All things considered, mm, absolutely, um, and uh, which is you love to see for Washington. I feel like they haven't had a you know they've just had this revolving door of running backs, and they finally have that franchise running back that really makes. And we'll get to this later. That really makes Washington an inviting place for some of these quarterback trades that we've seen. But um, we never expected Tom Brady to lose to Washington in the first round, but we do move on to, mm. albeit. Maybe a little unexpected that it was this bad. I really didn't think it was going to be this um, atrocious of a game. Uh, The Bears go into New Orleans to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. uh, And lose 9-21. We did have some highlights of this game, though. There are some pretty big um, highlights from the Chicago Bears in this game. We had the MVP... Uh, The Nickelodeon valuable player, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, play his (laughs) play his final game as a Chicago Bear. uh, Almost 200 yards and a touchdown should have been two touchdowns and should have been like 150 yards. Maybe uh, is what that touchdown to Javon Wims uh, was dropped. Uh, dime ball, by Mitchell Trubisky God. to Javon Wims and I honestly believe that that just took the sale out of Chicago and mm-hmm. had that happened um, I think the Bears had a much better shot I don't think they win but Matt Nagy also didn't take points when the Bears were close um, in the playoffs oh. um, you <laughs> know uh, it must be a Matt thing to not yeah. really go for po- the points that you need in a playoff game. <laughs> but uh, it was sad, and this probably is the last time that we see Mitch Trubisky as a Chicago Bear. Um, Cordero Patterson, uh, another highlight for him is that uh, Cordero Patterson dropped the first F-bomb in Nickelodeon history. <laughs> um, Won't be the last. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it was – I'll give props to Nick. That broadcast was cool. It was fun and the reception of it was just generally really positive. Everyone, uh, on social media was saying they really expected it to be, you know, be a train wreck and really stupid. And, but a lot of like older people were like, well, I watched with my kids and my kids were, you know, uh, really excited to kind of learn about football and Nickelodeon, um, had a really good team that kind of made it fun while also incredibly educational to learn the game of football. So, um, you know, grow the game, whatever way you can grow the game. It was exciting uh, in that regard, but I mean, the Bears were eight and eight. Should have never been in the playoffs. Would not have been in the playoffs had it not been for the expanded playoff format. But um, it saved the <laughs> careers of Matt Nagy and uh, Ryan Pace. We'll get to that later. But they, oh. they, uh, they have, re- they will be returning to the Chicago bears, uh, in 2021.
1: Mm-mm, someone should have gotten malarkey. Tell you what, but we're going to oh, yeah. move on here to the, the divisional
0: round. Now well, this get... one. And like, <laughs> Hey,
1: I, I'm, I'm giving that playoff went to Mr. Marcus Mariota. Oh, yeah. but moving on to this divisional round here. Um, we're going to start off with the NFC game Rams oh, versus week. Packers. Um, this, yeah, divisional round was fun. Um, there, th- at least three of the games were really solid. Um, but then now here with the Rams-Packers game, um, I was excited to see how this one would turn out because with Brandon Staley being um, now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, I was I was kind of expecting um, the defense to kind of pop off a little bit more. But, I mean, they kind of didn't have anything to do against Mr. Aaron Rodgers here. Um, he's the boogeyman for a good reason. Uh, they ended up winning 32-18. to Uh Aaron Rodgers had 300 yards and two touchdowns. Um, strong running game from Aaron Jones as well, 99 yards to tune of 7.1 yards per carry. Um, overall, it was just—I um, mean, it was just kind of an offensive explosion on part of the Green Bay Packers. Jared Goff was still injured, but also Jared Goff has not been very good this season. I think um, they're definitely starting to consider moving on from him. Sean McVay is at least it might be time to get out of there. But yeah, this was um, this was a this was a good game. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed, I mean, it's always fun to watch good offense, especially, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a stud, so it was, it was good to watch the Packers be the Packers. But um, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I was surprised uh, how, I mean, it is Aaron Rodgers, but uh, this Rams defense just did not show up uh, in this game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had control of this game from, you know, pretty much the get go. Um, The first quarter was a little rough, but after that, uh, Aaron Rodgers was in control of this game. The Rams never really um, stepped on the gas. And, um, you know, obviously, like you said, Jared Goff just – he he wasn't the Jared Goff of 2017 uh, or 2018. 2019 Jared Goff was bad. But – or he wasn't the Jared Goff of early 2020. Early 2020 yeah. Jared Goff was looking like 2017 Jared Goff but better. So, um, I think this game's a little different if Jared Goff doesn't play with a broken thumb still, but, um, which it still was, uh, another kudos to Jared Goff playing two playoff games with a broken thumb. Crazy. Um, so I'll give him that. I really didn't think of Jared Goff as a tough, you know, Iron Man kind of guy, but, you know, um, He's shown that he wants it. And I think that speaks volumes of Jared Goff. But best I best. mean, the Packers, just the NFC favorites uh, across the board. So no one was expecting the Rams to really get past them. And uh, sticking in the NFC, we have the Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints. And this one, another final game for one of the greats of the game. The last game that Drew Brees will ever play in the NFL, um, and also announcing his retirement from the game. Um, I mean, uh, crazy. And this wasn't exactly a good game to yeah. run out into the sunset on. Three interceptions. Um, yeah, including his last play was an interception. Um, mm-hmm. A thirty-nine point seven QBR. To end your career. Uh, for one of the best to ever do it. Um, you know, definitely a top 10 all-time quarterback. Uh, absolutely. Um, but Mr. Jameis Winston ate a, to, a to W on there, though. He did have one completion for 56 yards and a touchdown. Yes, the exact same this... play that Javon Wims dropped. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, exact same hash mark, everything. So I guess, yeah, Mitch Trubisky <laughs> would have had 105 yards or 150 yards or 250 <laughs> yards on the game uh, and two touchdowns.
1: Yep. but it's, uh, it's crazy to see to see him go, but it, it was time. It was time for sure. His, body was, his body was decomposing this season. He fought through so many injuries. Uh, perhaps they have their quarterback of the future year with Jameis Winston. Perhaps not. We'll see. But they, they say it a lot in the NFL. It's hard to beat a team three times. And the Saints had beaten the Bucks both times this past season. And it's just really hard to beat a team three times in a row. Um, and they, they couldn't pull it out this time. And the Bucks did get that W. Tom Brady getting to his first ever NFC Championship game after this. Um, yeah. And um, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool.
0: Mr. Tom Brady is also the number four all-time uh playoff quarterback against NFC teams. He has eight wins against NFC teams. This is his first time in the NFC.
1: <laughs> what a stat that is. Um, what a stat.
0: Yeah, he has eight wins against NFC teams now um nine I guess after the Packers. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, Tom Brady has uh solidified himself as the GOAT.
1: I would say so as well. And um, now we're gonna hit the first divisional round game. We're gonna talk with the Ravens, Bills first in this divisional round game. This was a very low-scoring game, um, a little surprising to see, but yeah, the yeah. Bills ended up winning seventeen to three. The Ravens, I mean, they they couldn't do anything, man. Lamar Jackson got <sighs> injured, Tyler Huntley came in. It was just an ugly game for the Ravens, to be honest. There wasn't much to look to be excited about. And and another thing kept pervading in this game that had been an issue for the Bills the entire season and um postseason, that's just no run game, man. Their run game was just really, really bad. I, I think a lot of it can be attributed to the fact that they have a really good pass blocking a line, but their run blocking is pretty atrocious. That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean it it, it wasn't great. And um Stefan Diggs, he had a good game but and Josh Allen had a good game. I mean it's Josh Allen he's he's a great quarterback. But other than that, there wasn't there wasn't much excitement to go around no. in this game. I'd say this is the one kinda dud of the weekend.
0: It was the one dud of the weekend and I would say maybe my dud of the entire playoffs I uh, yeah, really expected this to be a shootout um, but both these defenses came to play, the Bills just absolutely shut down Lamar Jackson um, and Tyler Huntley um, who I didn't even know who that was um, until then Utah but, yeah, the U- Utah but um, yeah, it was it was just a boring game um, mm-hmm. kind of disappointing but then we move over to the Chiefs and Browns which was one of the best games of the entire weekend. Um, the chiefs won 22 to 17, uh, thanks to the one and only Chad Henney. That was amazing. The chiefs had a scare. Patrick Mahomes goes down with a concussion. Um, he had already suffered an ankle injury, uh, earlier in the game. Um, But he kept fighting out there and then eventually had a concussion that looked uh, bad. He got up. He was just wobbly. You could tell something just wasn't right. So Mr. Chad Henney uh, had to go out there and win the Chiefs this game. And for a second there, it looked really bad. Like the Chiefs could lose this game to the Cleveland Browns. But, of course, um, Andy Reid cooks up something delicious for that offense to... uh, you know, feast on and chad hinney sent the kansas city chiefs to the afc championship game um this was a this was a game and the browns should be really excited going into next season just seeing how close they were albeit not against a complete chiefs team for some of it because patrick mahomes was out but I mean, they went toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs. That defense slowed them down. Mm-hmm. And that offense, only 17 points, um, you know. But they showed signs that this Browns team looks way more complete than I think people thought. Um, they're much better than that 11-5 and record speaks.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. This Browns got a lot of hope going for it in the Chiefs they they did it. They they got past the hurdle that they they had here with Mahomes falling, but they, they did it with grace. And then they moved on. Here we're gonna get to this conference championship. Here they moved on to just kind of route the Bills. I mean, it. I was kind of expecting that to be a pretty good game, but they just they kind of just playing with their food the most of the game. And the the Chiefs just they kind of won. They kind of just cruised to victory here. I mean, they were down they were down nine zero for after the first quarter, but then they scored like thirty one unanswered or something ridiculous, and it was just. It wasn't even close in the end, and the Ooh. Chiefs just, I, they were Super Bowl favorites coming into the season for a reason, you know. They're, they're, they're going to run it back, and there's not really it's a terrible. doubt in my mind. Unless unless Brady's got some magic, I mean, he does, you know, okay. but I, 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 I think I think it's going to, I don't think the Super Bowl is going to be very good. Okay. But, yeah, I, I just don't think the Super Bowl is going to be very good. All
0: right. I mean, uh, yeah, it was not the AFC championship that I thought it was going to be. Um, I did have the Bills going into the Super Bowl. Um, they were okay. my, my pick to go um, upset KC at KC. Um, it didn't happen, but, I mean, Bills fans, Bills Mafia, um, just should be so excited. They're right on that cusp. Unfortunately, they're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. Um, otherwise, I think the Bills win the NFC easy. It's not even close um, yeah. that the Bills win the NFC. But... Um, they're just not ready and they might not ever be ready to beat Patrick Mahomes in the AFC championship game. Right. And uh, you know, it's indicative of the Bills of old, uh, in the nineteen nineties making it to four straight Super Bowls just to lose and not have enough firepower, uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. And one time it was the New York Giants, um, which uh don't mention Scott Norwell to Buffalo Bills fans. Uh, Please. Yeah, but, I mean, it's they're close. They have a lot of right pieces. They have the right head coach. They have the right quarterback. They have a really good defense. Um, the running game could be better. Devin Singletary is okay, but, you know, you add an elite running back to that squad, they could be really dangerous. And whew, the NFC Championship game. Uh Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers loses on the right call. The right call. Um uh, the pass interference. Um Blayton. Yep. Blayton, yeah. Um yeah. Packers fans back off. It it was the right call. Um Aaron Rodgers, three hundred forty six yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Um and uh you know, the defense got it done. Tom Brady threw three interceptions in this game. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers could not capitalize on them. that mm-hmm. offense did not capitalize off a single one of Brady's interceptions. And, um, that's, that's the reason the Packers lost is not being able to capitalize on them. this game should have at least been, um, you know, Packers get six points off of that and win 32, 31 at the very least. Um, but, but, They didn't get it done. And, um, the only one to blame for themselves, them, that loss is themselves. But, um, plus, that defense should not have given up 31 points in the first place anyway. But, um, you know, you put up 26 points and you expect to be right in there. But, you know, it is what it is. The Green Bay Packers are out, so I'm happy. But, um, it was a good game. I that might be my favorite game of championship weekend. Easily actually. I mean, it's not even a question. It's my favorite game of the weekend. Uh, really good game of football.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. This, this, this was a great game. Um, it was back and forth the entire time. It was really fun. I love, uh, there's this one guy I follow on Twitter. Um, and he, he was pretty mad the entire time. And it was really fun to watch him be mad. But that's neither here nor there, I suppose. But yeah, good game. Bucks move on to the N uh, or not the NFC, the Super Bowl. Representing the NFC in the Super Bowl in Tom Brady's first year with a new team. Um, really, really exciting stuff here. And now we can we can talk about the Super Bowl a little bit here. Um, it's coming up next weekend and it's gonna be I I, I don't think it'll be close. And there's there's not yeah. it's kind of it's weird to say that because every game, every Super Bowl Tom Brady's been in, he's either won or it's been close. So, like, he's never been blown out in the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs are just on a different level. I truly believe that. And he's not playing the Giants this, this, these years. He's not. He's, he's not playing the Eagles without without Carson Wentz. But with Nick Foles, he's, he's playing the, the Super Bowl champions and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey and Tyron Matthew. And and all these just exceptional players all over the ball at every level and Chris Jones there it's I I really think that the Chiefs are going to win handily I I truly believe that and I think a lot of people believe that the Chiefs were playing with their food with the second best team in the NFL in the Bills maybe right. third best if you want to like, they they played with their food they didn't they didn't even look like they were firing on all cylinders you know it looked they were Perfect. just chilling and they just they blew them out and I'm. I'm very anxious to see how this Bucks game is going to go. I I think it'll be i I I'm not going to rule out some Tom Brady magic. The dude's Tom Brady. He could he, If he wins, I'm not going to be surprised. But okay. I think the Chiefs are just a better team in every way except for like except for defense a bit, you know, but the defense for the Chiefs has stepped up so much in the blast in this like the pack half. So it's not even that egregiously bad. Like yeah. it's the the I I just think I think the Chiefs obviously they have an embarrassment of riches on offense, and they know how to exploit it, and they're going to. It's it's I going to be the Chiefs. I think it's going to be like end up being like like thirty eight to twenty
0: four. That's okay. my guess. Yep, that's fair. I think it's going to be. Um, when looking at Tom Brady's stat lines throughout these playoffs, they haven't been spectacular. Um, no, they have not. Um, Tom Brady has not looked that great um throughout the playoffs but they get it done um the defense really steps up when they need to plus kevin king gives up you know a million yards uh for green bay but um which we'll get to green bay Uh, there's some breaking news uh for green bay here um that just dropped uh within the hour but uh you know uh, I, i i do think tom brady will pull some magic and win this game um yeah, But I fully expect um, this to be a close game. I'll probably go with 28-24 either way. But I will say on tape, uh, the Buccaneers win this game. But yeah, um, we're going to move to some league news. And the one that just popped up is the defensive coordinator for Green Bay, Mike Pettin, is now out. Um, interesting huh. move.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I mean. Well, what, what do you think about it?
0: I, I mean, his contract's expiring.
1: Yeah. So,
0: um, you know, uh, I think he's done as much as he can with this defense. And I think that a fresh mind, now that they've got the culture that Patton has put in here, uh he's obviously created a very good defense. He's created a very good scheme for these guys. But um they just need just a fresher take I think to really get them over that uh from being really good to a great defense you know they've got the pieces they've got the the Smiths and uh um they've got Jair Alexander who's probably the best corner in the NFL um they've got Adrian Amos who's still a very solid safety uh who played his damn hard out on that in that uh lost to the Buccaneers. Um, that Packers defense is close, and I think that getting a new face in there can kind of, it can either kill it or um, just elevate it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, I mean, now we're going to move just Let's to just, uh, Bear's spots. You know,
1: well, do you want to just hop into some of these coaching changes real quick? Oh, yeah.
0: We've got yeah. some coaching changes.
1: Yeah. So we got New York Jets. They've they've hired um, Robert Sala, um, the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator. And if he's, he brought with him Mike LaFleur, their running game coordinator, and um, uh, Jeff Ulbrich. I believe he was a linebackers coach. He linebackers is those... coach for Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. Okay, so they they have been named offensive and defensive coordinators. I like this hire. He's a real rod rock guy. I was expecting him to get an, a hire. I'm I'm a little hesitant because I was hoping for an offensive mind to groom a young quarterback. I like taking a defensive mind. I do because they can be good head coaches. I don't I don't think you have to take an offensive mastermind to become go to Super Bowl or anything. Doesn't but work. I I think it's important to hire. I think it's important to hire someone who can help groom a young quarterback. Obviously, it didn't work out with Chicago, so that's a little different. But, like, I, I think yeah. bringing in Robert Sala would be really good for a team who has an established quarterback, you know, like Atlanta or the Texans or, you know, something like that. Someone, a quarterback who's already really good, who doesn't need any grooming, who can always get better, but they're, they're solid, and they, they don't they can deal with offensive coordinators leaving all the time. But right. um, Roberts all overall is a good hire, and I like the Matt Lafleur or the Mike Lafleur coordinator um, promotion as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good move. Um, uh, everyone, you know, around the Jets really thinks seems to think this is, you know, finally a step in the right direction. Uh, it wouldn't take much to be a step in the right direction after the Adam Gase era, but uh, it's just exciting that Jets fans are finally happy about something. Um, Yes. And uh, just some other coaching change moves. We've got Urban Meyer coming out of retirement for the second time. Um, You know, he left Florida because he retired for health issues. And then he left Ohio State because of health issues and retired. And now he's back. So, I don't know. Um, I've, I've always been a little skeptical of that with Urban. Um, but not that I'm discrediting any health issues he has, but if it's really that bad, man, don't, don't do it. Like, <laughs> but okay. Um, uh, he's obviously one of the best collegiate, uh, head coaches of all time. It's probably second to Nick Saban. Um, there's no one else that I would rather, um, have for college ball than Urban Meyer or Nick Saban. Um, he did bring with him Daryl Bevel, um, the, Detroit uh, Lions offensive coordinator, uh, which is a great, great, great hire um, as OC. And Joe Colon, Baltimore defensive line coach, it will be as DC. Um, Jacksonville has a very good staff. They have the first overall pick and a lot of things they can do to really be good. And I think if anyone can make them good, it's going to be Urban Meyer, especially with Mr. Trevor Lawrence.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I we're, we're going to need to see. That's all I'm going to say. I, I'm open to it, but we'll uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it how it goes here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then and then next up, um, we have. Let's see here. Do we have? you want you want to bring up the next one? I'm, I'm, I've lost my. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, we have the, uh, we've already talked about it, but we have the Los Angeles Chargers got rid of Anthony Lynn, who will now be the, Anthony Lynn got a job somewhere, didn't he? Yeah, he's the offensive coordinator
1: for the Lions. Yes, he's the offensive coordinator for the Lions.
0: Yeah, offensive coordinator for the Lions, but they have hired um, my favorite uh, prospect of the season. Brandon Staley, former yes. disciple of Vic Fangio in Chicago, uh, was a uh, Chicago Bears uh, line coordinator for years alongside um, Jay Rogers, who also got a job. Um, very sad, but very exciting for him that he will be getting a job. Um, but um, I love this hire. I think Brandon Staley's done some wonderful things. And just like the Rams, the Chargers have a lot of pieces on that defense that are great, and he can really get the most of them. Um, Joe Lombardi uh, will be his OC. Uh, New Orleans quarterback's coach, uh, who's a very well-respected, you know, uh, really well-respected coach in the NFL. Um, Yeah and ronaldo hill the denver broncos defensive back coordinator so brandon Staley bringing in another vic fangio disciple um this vic fangio tree is um an interesting one to follow and i think that people should really look at it seriously but um just touching upon some other hires um we've got an interesting one for me would be of all the coordinators you pick from Indy, you pick Nick Sirianni over in, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Nick Sirianni, the uh, offensive coordinator, um, which Philly's probably just going for that Frank Reich connection. Yeah, they want him back. They miss Reich. Um, uh, but if you're going to pick – I'm surprised that uh, defensive coordinator Matt Eberflis really didn't get any looks i don't i didn't hear anything about anyone looking at him um but what he's done with that calls defense has been some incredible stuff and uh, i'm really genuinely surprised that he didn't get a single um look so um maybe next year yeah maybe next year
1: i do expect him to leave in the foreseeable future quite quite a good coordinator
0: yeah so those, and uh, we had the Detroit Lions. We already talked about them a little no, bit. No, no,
1: yeah, but they hired uh, they hired Dan Campbell, the uh, assistant head coach and tight ends coach um, of the Saints. They signed a six year deal with him. He's going to be biting off kneecaps for a while. Um, PC coach. Thinking, what do you think of Dan Campbell?
0: I mean, that presser was something, man. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's fiery. He's hyped. He's he's yeah. amped up, um, and he's assembling a pretty decent staff over there. Um, Yeah, they're going to run the football, and that's for sure. They are running. DeAndre Swift stocks in order for fantasy
1: because they're going to be running the football a lot.
0: They're running. They're running the ball. Um, I think that there's a lot more to look forward to here than obviously when Matt uh, Patricia came uh, over there, who is returning to New England. Is that correct?
1: Yes, as a defensive assistant.
0: Wow, a downgrade. (laughs)
1: <laughs> as it should be
0: um but and then we have arthur smith over in atlanta with you have oh my baby arthur smith i miss him
1: so but it's all right he deserved the head coaching job and i'm i'm excited to see what he does with the falcons i'm super pumped yes. i think this was one of the better places to go i was hoping to go to the chargers but this this is a good pick as well i'm i'm excited for mr arthur smith the fedex prodigal son arthur
0: smith absolutely and the bears uh chuck pagano retired um for defensive coordinator and sean deshy defensive back coach has um stepped into that role as defensive coordinator love the hire um he's been with the bears through three different regimes three wow. and uh uh, he's got a lot of respect. Vic Fangio loves him. Sam Acho said that he's one of the big reasons that the 2018 defense was the way it was. And then Chuck Pagano kind of pushed him off to the side. Um, That's so.
1: a, you bring up a good point here with three regimes because I need to figure out how many regimes um, Arthur Smith sat through here. Hold on a minute. Um, yeah, he Arthur Smith was with the team through 0- through four, so yeah, or five actually, yes. Jesus. And now he's now he is a head coach. God, and, um, that is great. He's he was he was under Jeff Fisher in 2010, Mike Munchak in 2011 to 2013, Ken Wisenhut, 14 mm-hmm. to 15, Mike Malarkey, 15 to 17, and then Vrabel. That's crazy. That's just, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, you you sparked the memory, but then one final coaching change here, and that is Houston Texans, David Cully. the the. <laughs> The Ravens' wide receivers coach David Culley, passing um, coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God. Why? What a horrible hire! What a disgustingly, egregiously poor hire! And then they and they, Lovey Smiths back home. Yes, yes, and they're retaining their offense coordinator as well, brother of Titans' right tackle Dennis Kelly. Um, so uh, they're all they're all staying. So uh, or he's staying. But yeah, that's that's uh, a pretty horrible hire in my opinion. I'm. Um, I hear he's a pretty nice guy. That's cool. I have no evidence that he's a good coach. Hopefully he's a horrible coach so the Texans continue to be just, bad, and hopefully they trade Deshaun Watson.
0: I just Thanks.
1: don't get it. Nope. No, I do not.
0: Lovey Smith as a defensive coordinator is a phenomenal hire, though.
1: Yes, that's solid.
0: Wonderful hire. I don't think he would have come to Chicago as a DC because it's kind of a little slap in the face of, like, here was your former job kind of thing. Right. But, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have had Lovey Smith as DC. Um, I mean, I think that that's where he's best. He's not really meant to be a head coach, and some guys are like that. Um, yep. I think the, um, the that's an awesome hire. Such a good, such a good hire to bring Lovey Smith up as DC. Plus, he's from Texas. He's back home. He's happy to just be down there. Yep.
1: Um,
0: he's probably happy to get out of Illinois. Truth to be told. <laughs> so. Um, I mean, that's that's the coaching carousel. And uh, Matt Nagy keeps his job. Uh, meh. Yeah. I'm fine with that, but we can, just to keep us on time, um, the presser was the worst part of that um, entire experience. Um, yeah. I've never seen Bears Twitter so unified <laughs> after that presser. Everyone was on the same page. And uh, it's it's amazing, just Twitter Bear's Twitter, all the writers, even all the writers were like, I've never seen more interaction with beat writers and fans than when that press conference happened. It was an amazing time to be a Bear's fan.
1: <laughs> hey hey, I I will, I'll love it with you here. The exact same thing happened today, Alex. Just today? Titans. Oh, I know. Yeah, the exact same thing happened today with Titans Twitter. We go we, ahead. We. Didn't get to hire Pep Hamilton. He was my number one pick. Um, He was the Chargers quarterback coach this year. I wanted to hire him as our offense coordinator. I was really excited to get him in here, but he decided not to go with us. Um, And we did end up promoting um, Todd Downing, um, our tight ends coach, um, which is not a horrible thing. I mean, Arthur Smith was our tight ends coach. That's not bad that we're promoting a tight ends coach from inside. And honestly, I'm not super pessimistic about him. Yeah. He was really bad with the Raiders. When he was the offensive coordinator in 2017, but also Jack Del Rio's a clown and everything they had going on over there was clown behavior before this was before Gruden, before uh-huh. Mayock, before all that stuff. It was, it was a bad time in, in Oakland. Um, So I'm cautiously optimistic about Todd Downing. Now, the really bad part, the thing that everybody on Titans Twitter really despised was the fact that we didn't have a defensive coordinator this past season, in 2020, and we were one of the worst playoff defenses ever. Ever, bar none, one of the worst defenses that made the playoffs in the history of the NFL. But we made it. Cool. Lost immediately. Fine. Um, And what was... I'm, I'm wondering what was going through Rabel's head. You know, clearly... Uh, oh, whatever I'm going to work really closely with our outside linebackers coach Shane yep. or Shane Bowen, whatever. Cool. Or, uh, and then, Oh, he, our defense is horrible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to now hire him to be our defensive coordinator. So we're retaining the exact same dude who was our defensive coordinator. And um, I'm really mad I'm, I'm, I'm egregiously angry. I was in the car today when I heard the news and (laughs) I started beating the, beating my steering wheel to death. I was so mad. There, there was a girl in the, in the, in the car next to me. And as soon as I started doing it, she looked at me and, and as we drove away, we were at a stoplight. She looked terrified. I was screaming and I was so mad. I was, I, I was so mad. Uh. Our defense, I, I sensed nothing but regression going into next season. We're gonna have less less to work with. We're gonna have no cap space. We have oh, another bad defensive coordinator, a possibly bad off. I'm very pessimistic right now. I'm upset. And I there Vrabel has a lot of blame here. I, I think he just wants yes men to, to do his dirty work. And that's that's why Dean P is DNP's is, I'm pretty sure he did not retire. Because now he's defensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. I think Vrabel forced him out. Vrabel wanted more control over what was happening in the defense and B said, fine, I'm going to retire. And and then our defense regressed. Our defense was acceptable when he was our defensive coordinator. We were a sure. middling defensive team. Yeah. And we have all of the exact same personnel minus a couple pieces this season. And we're the worst – we're top – bottom three defense. No, it's not about personnel. It's about coaching. And we decided – Mike Rabel decided that the problem was personnel, not coaching. So he kept the coaching – and I expect to see an entire new defensive starters next season if the problem is personnel. So Mike Vrabel can bite it. He made a horrible decision here, and I'm mad at him. And it better work out. It's not going to, but it freaking better, or else he's going to he's gonna have a short leash this coming season. I don't think they're going to fire him soon. I don't think he deserves to be fired soon, but he deserves to be reprimanded by John Robinson and Amy Adams because this is unacceptable to, to, to keep the defensive, the de facto defensive coordinator, who piloted one of the worst defenses in playoff history, <laughs> screw that. I am mad, and I will not back down from being this upset. And I'm going to... I'm mad. That's all. I'm upset.
0: Yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean... It's... You nothing hate to, to say, say it. I hate to
1: no, say yeah, it. Yeah, no, nothing to freaking say here. It's just, I, I my rant is over, but Jesus Christ. I don't even know who's going to be the best team in the, in the, it, I, if the Colts it's get the Colts. a competent quarterback, it's any, any competent quarterback, it's easily going to be them.
0: Easily. easily the if, if
1: they're doing a bridge quarterback, then it's going to be close. We're all probably going to go eight and eight. It's going to be like the NFC East, but if they get anybody with a pulse, Easily the Colts. It's easily. easily the Colts. And I'm upset about it. This Our window's closed now. We, we had like a two-year window to maybe yeah. get to the Super Bowl. And that just slammed shut with this rehiring of one of the worst defensive coordinators <laughs> the Titans has ever seen. So, woo!
0: Yeah. I'm done. done. I mean, uh, the, uh... <laughs> there's, there's a lot of interesting things this offseason. Uh, my friend, and um, you know, the Bears, the Bears did decide to move forward with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Um, I'm going to be the one guy, the one, the one person uh, that will defend one Ryan Pace. Um, And it's, it's not a you know, it's not a, a, a popular opinion to like what Ryan Pace has done in his career as GM of the Chicago Bears, whiffing on the likes of Deshaun Watson, who may come to Chicago. Uh um, it would be spicy. It would be very spicy. Um, because when we look at this, Ryan Pace has just gotten better as a GM. Um except for the Nick Foles. There's was a fourth-rounder. Whatever. The contract's yeah. still terrible. It's still bad. It's still... But that's that's the Jags doing. That contract is because of the Jags. I cannot blame Ryan Pace for that. And honestly, a fourth-round pick for... who's probably going to be your backup quarterback for the next two years? Okay. Great yeah. okay. for him. Is neg- yeah, yeah that, that's an
1: acceptable thing. That's, yeah. no, no roast there, for sure. I agree. Um, uh,
0: Mitchell Strabisky? um, I defend it um not over Deshaun Watson, but I do defend it over Patrick Mahomes. Even at the though, time. Yes, yes. Even though we know what Patrick Mahomes is now. Um at the time no one thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Or what could be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Um so I I will say that, but um Another reason why I understand why Pace went for Trubisky over Watson is because the prior year in 2017, or 2015, uh, two years ago, um, because it was Kevin White, then Leonard Floyd, but in 2015, Pace drafted Kevin White, who already had ACL problems, um, but thought that he could come back from them, and he got burned on it. So when it came time for a quarterback... Um, Deshaun Watson had torn both ACLs in college and Ryan Pace probably didn't want to do that again. You know, Watson did hurt his ACL his first year as a rookie. So at the time you were thinking, well, maybe Pace dodged a bullet here. Um, even though it looked like Deshaun Watson was the Deshaun Watson we thought. Um, so he went and drafted Mitchell Trubisky, who a lot of people were very high on and he was supposed to be. A project guy, which is why they brought in Mike Glennon to a terrible contract, albeit, um, <laughs> and no one liked that pick anyway. Um, but I understand the process of why Pace did what he did, and uh, when you look at it, Pace does continually get better with his moves. Um, he drafted Khalil, Ma- or not drafted, uh, traded for Khalil Mack, uh, two first rounders. And got Khalil Mack in a fourth-round pick back. That fourth-round pick was subsequently used for Nick Foles um, in 2019. I believe that's the same pick. But um, uh, Pace um, used that because he thought this team was win now. And the one piece missing was Mitchell Trubisky um, just fell short. Um, that was the right move at the time because Mitchell Trubisky just... Um, didn't have enough to get the bears over that hump. And uh, I just feel that this um, off season will really show Ryan Pace um, as that 2018, 2017, whatever year it was, uh, 2018, uh, executive of the year. Um, and while that was because of the Khalil Mack trade, uh, Ryan Pace has continued to draft really good talent in the third fourth fifth round um you know uh, the list of players that he already drafted there would be eddie jackson who eh, but uh at the time eddie jackson was an all pro um and right. probably can't be now that sean Deshai is back into being that role i mean that he's excited, the one that grew excited eddie jackson him. uh so eddie jackson Tariq Cohen, Nick Kwiatkowski, Nick Williams, Bilal Nichols, Roy Robertson-Harris, Adrian Amos, Jordan Howard. These are all fourth, fifth-round guys who are now, except for Jordan Howard, uh, all starting or very close to being a backups, uh, you know, uh, in the league now. Um, right, right. And Darnell Mooney this season, uh, you know, second round, Cole Komet. Um, you know, David Montgomery was the third-round pick. Ryan Pace doesn't need these first round picks that we can use to get all the guy that yes he missed on but justifiably so I think sometimes um and maybe that's mm. just me defending Ryan Pace but
1: yeah a little you know, bit
0: <laughs> you give up you know four first round picks for Deshaun Watson if that's what they say it takes you do it Yep. and let ryan pace work some of his magic in those third fourth fifth rounds to get some better offensive linemen um than what they have it won't take much but some better offensive linemen um i think that if deshaun watson comes to town that Allen robinson stays in chicago um i He did tweet later today that don't believe everything you read. So that probably means that $25 million thing that was going around yesterday is probably not true. Thank God, because that's ridiculous. Um, But um, Allen Robinson probably stays if Deshaun Watson comes to town. This team's ready. And that's because Ryan Pace makes really smart moves, um, except for the Leonard Floyd, um, Robert Quinn one but i don't think that Leonard Floyd has the season he does behind Chuck Pagano so fair um fair. uh and Robert Quinn just sucks now so but <laughs> something happened you don't go from having 11 sacks to z- like half half a sack i think so right. that doesn't just happen so maybe with Deshaun and i'm very high on Deshaun uh to just get guys in the positions to you know play the way they should uh, no more dropping Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn into coverage bullshit. Um, but uh, Ryan Pace, I'm excited about. Um, but um, Matt Nagy, I, he showed signs of growth towards the end. But we never should have been in that sixth game losing streak. Nick Foles never should have been starting that long. It, Mitchell Trubisky should have come back in. Um, and the Bears don't, you know eke themselves into the playoffs if Mitchell Trubisky plays um, more of that season Um, and uh, you know it did come out that Matt Nagy did not fully give up play calling so if Matt Nagy does and you can tell you can tell when Matt Nagy um, does the play calling he's not Mm -hmm. a play caller but (laughs) but he's a head coach and I firmly believe that Matt Nagy can be a head coach Um, as long as he takes himself out of play calling, um, because the team likes to play for him, not a single guy doesn't like Matt Nagy. Um, and there's something to be said about that. If you want to play for a guy, you want to play for a guy. Um, Absolutely. And Matt Nagy just needs to get the right guys in his staff, you know, to, um, call the right plays for him. But as long as Matt Nagy's the guy that's keeping the locker room together, fine, um, and I think I gave a much better alibi for the 2021 Chicago Bears than uh, George and McCaskey and Ted Phillips did, who literally just said, um, it's a collaborative effort. We like the culture we have, and that's about all we're going to say. Um, had they said something like that, I really feel like Bears fans would have been more okay with that presser. Um, but I think that uh, the Bears aren't done yet. But they need a splash at quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel you.
0: That's my Ryan Pace alibi. Yeah,
1: I can't say I blame you. I I think I I, I give him another year, sure. I I'm I want to see the, what the Bears do again, but yeah, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic for him, just just a little yep. bit. But. So. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up the topics we got here today. Um, It's a big, big, big pod, bigger pod. But, yeah, it was was kind of a welcome home for us. But, yeah, we're excited to be back. We're excited to talk to all of you again. Hope you've missed us. Maybe you haven't. You never know. But we're back nonetheless. Um, Any closing remarks, Alex? I
0: don't think I've got anything. Just make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can follow Russell at Russell Zillman. That's R U S S E L L Z. -Z 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 I-L-L-M-A-N. And you yes. can follow me uh, at NNF Pod underscore Alex. That's A-L-E-X. Um, we're going to be tweeting a lot this offseason. I know yes. I am going to be very fired up and I know Russell will be as well. Oh, we're, indeed. We're excited to get back and I think this offseason we're going to start using our own Twitter. That's just not normal football. Uh, you can follow that. Um, we're going to get that going a lot more. Um, this is this was a good first season for us and we're just gonna you know do what we learned and really start pushing out some uh content here so we're really excited to be back and we're glad that our listeners have stuck around and we're excited for the off season and from not normal football my name is alex and with my good buddy russell we are signing off please wear your mask.